Today on the Canada Homeschools podcast, we're going to be talking about post-secondary education. Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. In 400 meters. In 100 meters. You have reached your destination. Welcome back to the podcast and thanks for listening in. Honestly, I thought I would never get this episode recorded. So I've been moving again, which is I think the third time in nine months. And for nine months, I have not even had a desk or an office. Most of my stuff is in storage and I'm working full time at my day job and then moving and packing and designing a house and giving instructions to electricians and it's been crazy and I'm very much looking forward to having my own office when it's finished so I can be more productive and get more podcasts out to you in a timely fashion. But here I am and I'm so happy to be with you today. Thanks for sticking with me. So today I'm going to be talking about post-secondary education. Now, if you listen to my, uh, if you listen to my episode on the importance of the humanities in a STEM world, I did go into a little bit about uh, the philosophy of post-secondary education, as I tend to go into the philosophy of everything that I talk about. But today I'm going to be focusing on how to get your homeschooled student into post-secondary education and some factors to consider when choosing post-secondary education. We'll talk about transcripts. We'll talk about standardized testing and marks. And then we're going to look at a sampling of post-secondary institutions, admissions requirements for homeschooled students across the country. It's not an exhaustive list, but it'll give you some examples and some wordings about what institutions are looking for when they are having homeschooled students apply. So that's what our episode will be about today, post-secondary education. If you're listening in real time, the deadlines for post-secondary education applications are fast approaching. All parents are concerned about and involved with post-secondary preparations, but if you are a homeschooling parent, a lot rests on you in terms of the transition from homeschool, high school, to post-secondary education. Your mind may automatically go to university admissions when you think of post-secondary education, but it's important to also consider the trades and community colleges when guiding your student to their post-secondary education. There are so many factors to consider 
when choosing the nature of a purposeful post-secondary education. Likely, the most important factor is what career your student wants to pursue. Together, you should consider options in conjunction with your child's aptitudes and goals. Some careers have definite educational requirements, but some broader areas have variety in how you can be employed within them. If you're interested in the field of architecture, for example, you can go to a highly competitive university for seven or more years to be an architect, or you can also become an architectural technician after two years of community college and work for an architect doing a lot of the same sorts of things that architects do. If your child likes business, he or she can prepare for the corporate world with a degree in business, or they can take business at college to prepare for entrepreneurship. Certification in the trades can also lead to becoming a business owner, and doctors are even technically business owners, so there are many routes to take to accomplish a career in a field of interest such as business, for example. Another factor to consider when choosing a post-secondary option is finances. You may be paying for your children's education, or perhaps they will have to pay for it on their own, as I did. Perhaps your student wishes to become employable quickly with minimal or no student loans. If this is the case, college might be a better option than university. Living at home and going to the local university or college could be a big help with the cost of post-secondary education. Together, you and your student need to do a cost-benefit analysis. Of course, if your student wants to be a teacher or a lawyer or an engineer, the only option is to pursue university. A gap year working is another way to help with the financial burden of post-secondary education. I have an episode on the pros and cons of taking a gap year in Season 2, Episode 33 of this podcast, which will also link into the show notes, so have a listen to that. The best time to start your record keeping for homeschooling high school is right before your child starts homeschool high school. I'll refer you to Season 1 of this podcast when I did an episode on planning your high school credits, which includes a free printable for planning the courses and for keeping track of volunteer hours. Just go to canadahomeschools.com and type the word planning into the search bar and it will come up. And of course, there's a link on the webpage for this episode as well. But if you're further along than that, you're not just beginning homeschooling high school, the free planning printable will still be a useful tool for you, and you might enjoy Season 2, Episode 15, on the dreaded guidance appointment as well, also linked on the webpage or type guidance in the search bar. Unschoolers may not like the very specific way I lay out planning high school credits, but I assure you there is flexibility within the framework, especially with electives and using whatever you're doing to create credit hours. I think most people just want a starting point and a proven method and then they can get creative and make it their own as they grow in their confidence. Now I'm going to give you some general ways to get your student into post-secondary education when they've been homeschooled. The method that you choose and I hope in conjunction with your almost adult child because it's their decision too will vary depending on the admission requirements of the school they want to attend. So I have four basic ways for you. 
sorry, the first way to get in is to submit a homeschool high school transcript. This is an official record created by you of the courses, marks, and volunteer hours that your student has completed. If you Google homeschool high school transcript, your results will show quite a few downloadable or printable transcript forms that will help you to formulate your transcript. If you use my free printable for planning high school courses, it will make it a lot easier to create your transcript than it would be starting from scratch. According to Anne from notthathardtohomeschool.com, there are a few things you need to include in your transcript. The first thing is a list of the high school courses that your child has taken. And the second thing is the grade earned for each course. Next is the credits given for each course. Next is the GPAs or grade point averages for each year and overall. The next is a graduation date or projected graduation date if your student is still in high school. Your student and school information, student name, birth date, and or social security number, school name, and address. I don't know what you would want to call your home school. I used to tease my children that I c called it the Atkinson Home School for Wayward Children. Not really, but I did hear that on a video and it struck me as funny. And finally, your signature because you are the officiant. And so Anne from NotThatHardToHomeschool.com says that it seems like a long list, but it's really a matter of inputting the data if you've been keeping up with your homeschool paperwork. I think that a lot of us don't keep up with our homeschool paperwork, and so this whole idea of a transcript can be very stressful. One area that may be very difficult for you to come up with is marks if you have not been following a traditional curriculum or if you are an unschooler. It can be hard to quantify experience-based learning. In my opinion, the best marking rubrics include more than just test scores anyway, with elements such as discussion participation, presentations, and project-based learning, whether it be hands-on creation or otherwise. You may want to factor your student's character into the mix in terms of do they actually complete their assigned work? Do they show effort? If you think that me doing an episode on to test or not to test in terms of homeschooling would be a comment, would be a good topic, let me know in the comments on the webpage for this episode. In my experience, math and English proficiency are of the most concern to educational institutions. So you may want to have your student doing tests in these areas over the course of homeschooling high school. The second way to get your student into post-secondary is to have them complete some form of standardized testing, such as SAT tests, AP exams, or ACT tests. Some post-secondary institutions require this, especially of homeschoolers. I would recommend, if this is the case, using some of your homeschooling time in high school in preparation for these tests, if that's the route that you choose to go. The third way to get your student enrolled in post-secondary is to homeschool them through high school, then have them enroll in the Virtual Learning Center or VLC, or online with a public high school or in person at a public or private high school for grade 12 only. 
I use this method with a few of my children. Again, having your high school credits presented to the school in a way that speaks their educational speak language, I call it, will help with the transition. And so the episodes on planning high school courses and the dreaded guidance appointment will be very helpful if you choose this method. Sorry for the telephone ringing. I'm on my lunch break at work recording this episode. They will come out of grade 12, providing they pass their courses, of course, with an official high school diploma and transcript that will make it easy to apply to post-secondary. So, for example, one of our kids wanted to go to a private university, which happened to require a diploma or SAT scores from a homeschooler. So that student struggled with anxiety, and so having her life riding on one test did not seem the way to go for her. So she did online with the school board, and that didn't cost anything because our taxes pay for it. She got super high marks and was admitted to her university of choice. Finally, the fourth way to get into your post-secondary institution of choice, especially if it's a university, is to enroll in Athabasca University, which is an online university and only requires undergrad students to be 16 years of age or older for most undergrad courses. So all the courses are online, so they'll still be at home. After the first year, should your student choose, they can apply as a transfer student to whatever university they want. This could also be a helpful option if vaccine mandates continue for students and your student wishes to make their own choice about that. Your student can also take college upgrade courses at their local community college in the sciences, for example, to get the marks they need for university entrance as well. So that's what I would call the transfer student method. For articles such as seven ways to get into university without a high school diploma and more, you can check out universityadmissions.ca slash information hyphen for hyphen homeschoolers that might be helpful and there's a link on the web page to that as well. But what I've been talking about are just my four top ways to get your student into their program of choice. So I will just recap them. Number one, a transcript. Number two, standardized testing. Number three, get grade 12 credits through an accredited school either online or in person and thereby receive diploma. And four, start at Athabasca University and transfer after your first year or get college upgrade courses and have marks to present to your university. So now let's look at some specific colleges and universities in Canada to see what admissions requirements they have for homeschooled students now in 2022 as I am recording this. It is subject to change if they change their policies. And then we'll end with a discussion of the trades, which are a very valuable option for kids who are so inclined. These selected universities and colleges, as I said, are just a small sample, not an exhaustive list. We'll start with the University of Alberta. So this is a quote from their website. Homeschooled students must complete Alberta diploma exams in a minimum of five subject areas or they can complete the SAT-2 in five subject areas. Their admission to the university will be determined based on the exam results. 
And so that is the University of Alberta. So what they are requiring for homeschooled students is standardized testing. And that was one of the methods that I mentioned. By contrast, here's Athabasca University that I mentioned earlier. Athabasca University welcomes applicants for undergraduate studies from a wide variety of educational backgrounds. To qualify as an undergraduate student, you must be 16 or older and demonstrate English language proficiency. No other conditions apply, though a select range of programs does require prior education to enroll. So not only is it quite easy for homeschoolers to get into Athabasca University according to their policies anyway, um, you could even as a homeschooled student, you could even fast track and start taking university courses um, as soon as you're 16. So that's an interesting option. And then you can use Athabasca University if, unless you don't choose, if you don't choose to stay there. But if you would like to go somewhere else, you could transfer. Let's move on to my alma mater, which is Wilfrid Laurier University in Ontario. It says you, as a homeschooled student, will be considered for admission at the discretion of the faculties. You must submit satisfactory documentation of independent evidence of academic achievement. You must submit transcripts from your homeschool program and a second assessment from one of the following. The list. SAT subject results, ACT subject results, AP exams, university or college courses, or grade 12 curriculum transcripts. So, uh, you have to do actually two methods according to Wilfrid Laurier University and it's still subject to the discretion of the faculties. So you need to have a transcript and then you also need to have some form of standardized testing or a university or college courses or grade 12 curriculum transcripts under your belt. So you could even technically enroll in Athabasca University and get uh, a bunch of courses there before going to Laurier and then just show them those marks. You also must submit a personal statement outlining your volunteer experience, extracurricular activities, and why you are interested in attending Laurier. So that is Wilfrid Laurier University where my husband and I went to school and that's what their expectations are for homeschoolers. And I find that very interesting because Kitchener-Waterloo, where the university is located, is actually a huge um, area for homeschoolers. There are so many homeschoolers in that area. I'm surprised that they are have that many requirements. Okay, on to the University of Guelph. They give homeschoolers a couple of options, SAT and ACT scores as one. And as the second option, complete six grade 12 credits from an Ontario Ministry of Education approved school, I assume, or provincial equivalent. They actually state at the University of Guelph that getting these grade 12 credits is their preferred method. And that is the third method that I mentioned earlier and the one that I use for some of our children. So they also go on to say that this is especially the preferred method if you're planning to apply to the sciences. The University of Guelph states that they do not provide individual educational assessments for homeschooled applicants. So um, 
even with standardized test scores, they'll still ask for a summary transcript. So let's head to the West Coast to the University of Victoria and see what they have to say about homeschooled applicants. The University of Victoria welcomes applications from homeschooled students. To be eligible, students must show proof that you completed a program that meets graduation requirements from a recognized educational curriculum, write any provincial examinations or equivalents required by your curriculum, and meet the high school admission requirements for your intended program of study. So, I think in British Columbia, from what I've learned from uh, interviewing Teresa Weedrick and talking about what the rules for homeschooling in British Columbia are, I believe that some people choose to actually register their kids in, like, um, provincially approved educational groups or schools or charter schools and so they would have some kind of list of recognized educational curriculum curricula and so perhaps that's why uh, the University of Victoria in British Columbia would put that in their requirements and so how you would apply is with the standard application process for full-time undergraduate studies. If you are able to self-report your grades or provide an official transcript, your application will be assessed in the usual way. If you are not able to report your actual grades, you must submit an appeal. So at least they give an option for that as well. And to be fair, let's go over to the East Coast to Dalhousie University and their requirements in Nova Scotia. It says, as a homeschooled applicant, you must also meet our general entrance requirements. Homeschooled applicants should provide as much supporting information as possible for their completed application, including a letter from the applicant setting out their educational goals, a writing sample, information from the educator about the curriculum followed, a list of textbooks used and books read, any available transcripts, results of any standardized testing such as SAT or ACT. For any program requiring pre-calculus, we require completion of the math diagnostic test and a screenshot of the results. So they look pretty open-minded towards receiving homeschoolers into their university. And they also uh, iterate that homeschooled applicants may be eligible for entrance awards as well. So that's just a smattering of universities across the country. It is the Canada Homeschools podcast after all. And now let's talk a little bit about college. So college is a viable post-secondary option. Our eldest child went to two years of college and is now a senior advisor to the provincial attorney general. No student loans and a well-paid and frankly important job. So let's look at colleges. According to the Ontario Federation of Teaching Parents, most community colleges in Ontario for sure, except homeschoolers. One option to get into college is to get a GED, which is a general education diploma at a local alternative school, which can be accepted in place of an Ontario secondary school diploma. 
And interestingly, and thanks to their good work, the Ontario Federation of Teaching Parents has also been working on bringing the need for post-secondary institutions to have policies for admitting home-educated students to their attention. And they've created a 49-page report on developing homeschool admissions policies for universities. All right, my lunch break is coming to an end. I'm going to have to do the rest of this recording after work. I'm going to pause there. We'll have an ad from our sponsor, and then I'll add in the rest of the recording when I get a moment. Are you homeschooling high school? Canadian resources are often hard to find. The people that brought you headphone history have created a Canadian Geography Companion workbook to the Encounter Canada textbook. This amazing workbook takes the text and turns it into a complete geography credit with lesson plans, worksheets, and over a hundred instructional videos, allowing your students to work independently while getting the instruction they need. You can find it at headphonehistory.com homeschool on the podcast website or on Amazon. And now back to our podcast. Okay, it's the next day and I've been at work for about an hour cleaning and sanitizing one of my locations and I have a few minutes before I have to open my second location of business and so I'm just going to finish off this podcast before I open. (laughs) That's my life, people, that is my life. Okay, So as promised, let's take a moment to check out the trades and I'm going to use New Brunswick as an example. They have a really good diagram on their website that lays out several different pathways to becoming certified in the trades in New Brunswick. Every province or territory um, will be different likely, but it gives you an idea of different ways that you can become certified in the trades, which is a very viable post-secondary option for your children, especially if they are inclined to work with their hands or if you have a family business already in the trades or that sort of thing. So they have a pre-apprenticeship stream, an apprenticeship stream, a pre-employment stream, and then a trade sorry, trade qualifications, occupational certificates. So if you've already been working in the trades, you can uh, become certified that way as well. Okay, so the pre-apprenticeship, that can take place when you're a student. Um, You can do like a co-op or career exploration even in your uh, high school time. You can also use summer employment Um, or teen apprenticeship programs that they also have in New Brunswick. And so then you register as a pre-apprentice and then you actually get an ID card and you get a progress record book so that all of the work that you're doing in your co-op or in your summer job in the trades can be recorded in this book and so then you're going to receive credit <laughs> you're going to receive credit for your trade courses too that you're doing you'll also receive credit for your practical work hours and your practical work experience so then you have to take a standardized test the ESA test 
And then you graduate from high school and you can either choose the apprenticeship stream or the pre-employment stream. So that is how that works. If you choose the pre-employment stream, um, you have to take a pre-employment course, uh, the ESA, and you have to take a block one exam, and then you obtain employment in the field that you want to be certified in, register as an apprentice. Again, you'll get an ID card and an apprentice uh, record book, and you'll complete on-the-job hours you'll attend block training, and then you'll have to take the block two exam. So there is standardized testing throughout the certification programs, no matter what um, stream you choose. Then you take the block two exam. Uh, you repeat the process for blocks three to five, continue working, continue attending block training, you write a final certification exam, and then you receive a diploma of apprenticeship and certification of qualification. And so if you're not planning to go into the trades, this may not be super interesting for you, but perhaps one of your homeschooling friends has a student who might be interested in the trades. At least you can point them to this information. And then you can take the apprenticeship stream. So remember from pre-apprenticeship, you could either go to apprenticeship or pre-employment stream. So um, we talked about the pre-employment stream and the apprenticeship stream is very similar. You go directly to work to obtain employment in your field. You register as an apprentice. You get a transcript of marks and an ID card, and an apprentice record book. You have the ESA. Again, you complete on-the-job hours, attend block training, do a block one exam, return to work, attend more block training, take the two exam, and you proceed with blocks three to five until you're certified. So it's actually not that different from pre-employment, the apprenticeship program. It's more... Um, a question of that you've registered sooner as an apprentice and you're getting apprenticeship credit for everything uh, sooner than you would with the pre-employment stream. And then finally, if you've been working in the trades for a long time, you can get occupational certificates and trade qualifications. You have to have worked uh, 3,600 to 10,800 hours in your chosen trade. You have to apply to the certification exam, provide proof of your hours, do the certification exam, and then you receive a certificate of qualification. And then they have some equivalent standards uh, so you can apply to have your credentials recognized. You have to provide proof of your credentials. And then you'll receive a certificate of qualification. So you don't come out there with an, a diploma of apprenticeship, but you still can get a certificate of qualification. So that's just one way in the trades to pursue a post-secondary certification or apprenticeship in the trades and that hopefully that will be interesting for someone. Finally, I just want to close off with um, 
a book that is out there that may help you. I believe it is quite American-based, but I'm sure there's good information in it. So Lee Bins, she's a blogger and writer, um, The Home Scholar. She's written a book called The Home Scholar Guide to College Admission and Scholarships. And I have a link for that as well on our webpage. In it, she talks about how to craft an official homeschool transcript, how to come up with a marking scheme, and a lot more. So I believe it is $9.99. And so I think that would be money well spent if you're concerned about how to come up with a transcript and how to perhaps access some scholarship money for your student. And hopefully this episode has given you encouragement and some practical tips for getting your homeschooled students into post-secondary education. In our next episode, we'll be looking at the importance of connection in education with a delightful interview guest. So you'll have to tune in to find out just who that will be. Happy homeschooling, Canada. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Hee <laughs> hee!